Before we get to day 12 of the 21 days of storytelling, I want to invite you to apply for one of the three slots of personalized writing workshops that are now open. These workshops are designed to help you craft a publish-worthy short story by the end of 2022. I do work a full-time job in addition to writing and leading these workshops, so I have limited availability, which is why I have limited slots and why I'm requiring applications. This is the only way to work directly with me for the rest of the year, and I will be selecting one author for a full-ride scholarship. That's right! If you're granted the scholarship, you'll get to work with me for free. So how do you apply? Simple. Visit authordkdrake.com backslash writing workshops. I'll have it linked in the show notes for you. The application is a Google form that should only take you a few minutes to fill out. Keep in mind that I specialize in writing clean fantasy fiction. So if you're looking to write an R-rated story, I'm not the writing mentor you need. But if you've been enjoying The Dragon Collector and like my storytelling style, then please apply so I can read what you write. Now on to today's story snippet, chapter 9, entitled Stalking the Stalker. That means you get to meet a Dawnstalker. Only this dragon isn't the friendly sort that are back on Earth with Kenton. Apni is a wild dragon who's 814 years old. He roams free in Dawnstalker territory in southwest Xandador. He's selfish, vain, and territorial. As Javen will soon learn, this particular dragon lashes out at anyone or anything who enters his territory. Apni's biggest fear that no human knows is that he's terrified of mosquitoes. This big bad dragon actually faints when he sees or hears them flying around him. Another interesting fact is that he sulks and forgets to eat when he sees butterflies because he's jealous of their beautiful colors and their ability to fly. Hey, I told you he was vain. As far as what he likes to eat, lily pads and octis are at the top of his list. What's an octi, you ask? Listen in to find out. Welcome to a special storytelling edition of Published Before College, the podcast with short and snazzy shows that teach creative kids how to think like an author, build confidence in their creative writing skills, and take ownership of the publishing process. I'm your host, D.K. Drake, author of the Dragonstalker Bloodline Saga. During these 21 days of storytelling, I'll be reading you snippets of The Dragon Collector, book one of the Dragonstalker Bloodline Saga, and sharing behind-the-scenes insider secrets along the way. In The Dragon Collector, 15-year-old Javen believes he is simply an ordinary orphan abandoned by his mother at birth until he is whisked away to another dimension and his destiny as the chosen one from the Collector bloodline is revealed. Armed only with an ancient weapon, a trio of old advisors, and his determination to win, Javen is soon caught up in a dangerous battle for the throne. Now his choices could save, or destroy, the people and dragons of Xandador, including the mother who just met. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. You are now entering the land of Xandador. Chapter 9. Stalking the Stalker Wake up, kid! Ravia threw some clothes at Javen's head, interrupting his pleasant dreams. After touring the farm with Hannah and Esmeralda yesterday and seeing dozens of the oversized dragonfly-like creatures they called Octis, Javen found himself dreaming about soaring on the back of one of the Octis. He had never felt so free as they flew over the meadows and through trees that covered the mountains in the distance. Ravier's voice ruined his dream. Put those on and meet me downstairs, and make sure you hide your eyes with those contact things. Javen groaned and rolled out of bed. The sun wasn't yet streaming through his window to light the room, a sure sign that it was entirely too early to be up. 
but it did give Javen a chance to play with the lighting system, unlike the normal electricity Javen was accustomed to. This house was powered with energy from dragon scales. The hand-sized, triangular white and gray scales had been shaped into rings a little bit bigger than lifesavers. The rings were strung like popcorn, and the string ran along the perimeter of the room where the wall intersected with the ceiling. The end of the string hung down beside the door to a place halfway up the wall where a light switch would normally be. The switch wasn't something you flipped up and down, but was rather a triangle impression in the wall. To turn the lights on, Javen inserted a full-size scale into the wall. Once the main scale touched the string of scales, light flooded the room. That's so cool, Javen said, then dressed himself in the prescribed brown shirt and brown pants. He wasn't exactly the hippest teen when it came to fashion, but he knew enough to know this was a completely unstylish outfit. When Javen met Ravier downstairs and saw Ravier wearing the exact same clothes, Javen had to protest. Wearing these clothes is bad enough, but I'm not going anywhere being all matchy-matchy with you. I'm going to put my earth clothes back on. No, you're not. We're leaving the protection of Gree today. If you're caught wearing any clothes other than these, you'll be beaten and thrown in prison. Seriously? King Omri controls everything, right down to the clothes on our backs. Javen scowled at his outfit. This king has got to go. Glad you agree. To make that happen, you need to learn how to collect dragons. Ravier slung a long sword protected in a leather sheath over his shoulder so that it hung diagonally across his back. Training starts now. The first step is to stalk a stalker. That sounds dangerous. I should probably carry a sword too. Carrying a sword across his back like that would add a touch of coolness to his uncool outfit. You've been trained to wield such a weapon? How hard can it be to wield such a weapon? You hold the dull end and slash with the pointy end. Ravier huffed. <sighs> you don't get to carry a sword until you've been properly trained and know how to use it effectively. Then train me. In due time. Right now, we need to fly south. I don't want to miss our chance to observe the Dawnstalker at feeding time. I actually get to fly on one of these things? Javen stood at the entrance of the Octi Barn. The large, dully lit stone structure with a hard-packed dirt floor housed the Octis. Wooden perches of varying heights hung from the ceiling by strands of rope. Many were occupied by Octis, calmly swaying back and forth while other Octis lazily floated through the air from one end of the barn to the other. Unless you'd rather walk, Ravier said. But that would take several weeks. These guys can get us to Dawnstalker territory within hours. I vote for flying. Thought so. Ravier took a few steps into the barn and whistled. Four of the Octis flying just over his head swooped down and landed side by side in front of Ravier. He tapped the heads of the two in the middle, and they flew away. These two are our rides. You take the pink-winged one on the left. Sure, Javen mumbled, watching Ravier walk toward the green-winged Octi on the right. Give me the girly one. Pink wings snorted at Javen as he approached. Sorry, girl. He only had to tilt his head slightly downward to look into her big, ugly eyes. Didn't mean to offend you. She stared at him, nodded, and let her ten-foot-long wings rest on the ground. That seemed to be her invitation to climb aboard but Javen wasn't sure how to go about riding the thing. Um, how do I get on? Ravier was already sitting on the back of his octi. Walk between her wings. Pull yourself up and straddle her body in the space between the wings. Like me. Flying bareback? I can do that on a horse with no problem, but we're going to be in the air. Don't we need saddles? And reins? Just get on. Javen grit his teeth and skirted around his octi's front left wing. The top of her back only came up to his waist, so getting on her soft, fuzzy back wasn't a problem. 
Neither was straddling her since her body wasn't nearly as wide as that of Storm. It was the staying on without a saddle to hold him in place that he was worried about. Plus, he had nothing to hold on to. How was he supposed to direct her flight? I'm on, Javen said. What now? Pat her back twice. Okay. Javen tapped her back twice, and Pink Wings lowered her antennae back to within reach of Javen. Your reins, Ravier said, grabbing onto his octi's antennae. Use them to lead her, and follow me. Without another word, Ravier jerked his hands up. His octi lifted itself a few feet off the ground and darted out the open door. That looks like fun! Javen smiled and mimicked Ravier's movements. Pink wings drifted up and lingered. Forward! They went nowhere. Fly! Still nothing. Why aren't you going? Javen leaned forward, dug his heels into her sides, and gently shook the reins. That was all the encouragement she needed. They sped out of the barn and up into the dark pre-dawn sky. Woohoo! Javen leaned to the left. Pink wings flew left. He leaned to the right. Pink wings flew right. Up, down, left, right. Pink wings flew wherever Javen directed her. What fun! Stop playing! Ravier yelled at Javen in the air in front of him. We have a long flight ahead of us and need to be on our way. I've never ridden one of these things before. I needed to figure it out. Got it figured out? Think so. Then let's go. Ravier took off, and Javen had to concentrate to keep up with him. Thankfully, the Octi's wings created a green blur in the dark sky, and he used that blur to track Ravier's flight. Javen enjoyed the speed at which they clipped along. He wasn't sure how many miles they traversed, but according to his watch, he did know they flew for just over two hours before landing in a meadow beside a lake surrounded by a thick forest. Although the sun had yet to officially rise, hazy light flooded the land. Once they dismounted, the octis buzzed across the water, flying circles around one another and occasionally sipping from the surface. Javen hoped they were trained to return to the people who rode them from place to place. Ravier didn't appear worried about being abandoned by their rides. Javen thus decided not to worry either. He was curious about their location, though. Where are we? he asked. Dawnstalker territory. According to the Protector Registry, five are still alive and living somewhere within this thousand-mile-wide forest. Oh, so it's going to be really easy to find one and catch it. Ravier failed to catch the sarcasm dripping off Javen's words. It won't be easy, he said, and we're not trying to collect one today. I simply want you to observe a Dawnstalker feeding so you have a healthy respect for the animal. That means we have to find a Dawnstalker to observe. How do we do that? We wait by the water. Wow, good plan. Because I'm sure that of all the possible lakes in all this land, all the dragons are going to come here to drink. This is a spot in the northwest corner patrolled by Opni, the oldest of the Dawnstalkers. Like all the Dawnstalkers, he is extremely vain. When he gets hungry and his scales begin to change colors, he often pauses at this lake to observe his reflection in the water. If you know he's coming and you know his weakness is vanity, why can't I take advantage of that and just go ahead and add him to my collection? Collecting a dragon, especially one as old as Opni, is not a simple task. To collect him, you have to ride him without falling for a distance of at least a hundred miles, more if he refuses to submit to your control. Are you ready to hop on a hungry wild dragon who spits acid and would enjoy eating you? Eh, not so much. Let's stick with your plan. Good. Ravier looked at the sky, beginning to brighten with sunlight. His six o'clock feeding time is approaching. He should be here shortly. We'll hide in the woods. They set up a hiding spot behind a dense row of bushes fifty feet from the shore of the lake, while the octis perched themselves in some trees above the bushes and dozed off. How long do you think we'll have to? 
Shh, Ravier said. He's coming and has incredible hearing. Not another word until he's gone. Javen pretended to lock his lips and threw the invisible key over his shoulder. He started to yawn, but when a dragon appeared out of nowhere on the far side of the lake, Javen was too astonished to close his mouth. The stunning creature was a good ten feet tall and fifteen feet wide, with a long pointy tail and four muscle-bound legs that each ended with three sharp claws. Two spear-like antlers adorned the top of its head between its pointy, oversized ears and above its round black eyes. This dragon had no wings, which Javen found odd. In his mind, all dragons should have wings and be able to fly. The dragon's most striking feature was its scales. Many were a bright white, but more than half were dazzling colors of red, orange, pink, and purple. Apparently, the dragon also thought his best feature was his colorful scales. He stared at his reflection in the water, mesmerized by his own beauty. As more scales slowly changed colors, he became more entranced by his reflection. Then he struck a pose. He cocked his head down and to the left, bent his right leg so that his claw was just under his long snout, and stuck his tail straight out so that it was parallel to his back. Gorgeous, Opni, the dragon said. Just gorgeous. Your scales are looking especially bright and shiny today. Had Javen not been able to read the dragon's mind, he probably would have been able to overcome his amusement. But when Javen heard the fierce-looking dragon praise himself with such shallow vanity, a burst of laughter escaped from Javen's lips. Ravier's hand immediately covered Javen's mouth. Too late. In less than a second, the dragon disappeared and reappeared right in front of the bushes where Javen and Ravier were hiding. He stepped on the bush in front of Javen and looked straight into Javen's eyes. Humans, he said. You must die. With Ravier's hand clamped over his mouth, Javen couldn't respond. Fortunately, he didn't need to employ any negotiation tactics. Ravier rolled them to the side behind taller and thicker bushes as Opni opened his mouth and sent a stream of putrid acid over the area Javen vacated. A few stray droplets burned a strip through Javen's pant leg just below his right knee, singeing the hair off his leg and branding his skin. Javen yelped! curled himself into a ball and readied for an all-out acid attack while Ravier let out a shrieking whistle inches from Javen's ear. Fools! You can't escape me! Opni beat back the bushes protecting Javen and Ravier. I don't usually enjoy eating humans, but I'll make an exception today. Opni's claw was about to clamp down on Javen's head when the pair of Octis swooped in, distracting the dragon. Ooh, tasty, Opni said, watching the Octis circle his head. He swatted at them every time one buzzed by his head until they broke their flight pattern and flew back over the lake. They hovered over the water, taunting the wingless dragon. Opni stared at them from the water's edge. He stood motionless and took a series of deep, heaving breaths. Javen can sense Opni's darkening mood, even though more and more of his scales were turning bright and vibrant colors of red and purple and orange and pink. Javen knew something dreadful was about to happen but he still wasn't prepared for what he saw. The dragon inhaled one final time. When he exhaled, he spewed a streak of acid that sailed through the air and drenched the octes. They let out an ear-piercing screech and dropped to the water. Before they splashed, the dragon popped to the middle of the lake, caught the falling octes in his mouth, and immediately popped to the other side of the lake. As he crunched his breakfast, half his scales reverted back to white. He looked in Javen's direction, shrugged as though the humans no longer mattered, and vanished. If you enjoyed today's storytelling episode, but don't want to wait to find out what happens next, 
click on over to authordkdrake.com backslash insiders. There you can secure your free digital copy of The Dragon Collector as part of the DK Drake Starter Library. But The Dragon Collector will only be included in the Starter Library through the end of these 21 days, so be sure to become an insider by November 10th to get your free copy. In the meantime, I dare you not to dream of dragons tonight. <laughs>